Thanks for listening to The Adam Carolla Show on Podcast One. Hey guys, we're using Poshmark and you should too. Do you have things that you don't wear anymore? Poshmark is seriously the easiest way to make room in your closet, make some cash, and also snag a bargain. It's the coolest reseller with the best brands like Lululemon, Nike Reformation, and Gucci for up to 70% off. DJ Khaled has a closet and Serena Williams. Download the app today. Enter Podcast 10 when you sign up for $10 off your first purchase on Poshmark. Saving starts with internet and wireless from Xfinity. Because when you get Xfinity Internet and add mobile, you can save up to $400 a year on wireless. Enjoy fast, reliable internet at home and nationwide 5G on the go, included at no extra cost. Get Xfinity Internet and Mobile together and ask how to get an eligible 5G phone on us. And for a limited time, $300 back. Don't miss out. Go to Xfinity.com slash start saving. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Savings based on optimized pricing. Actual savings may vary. This episode is brought to you by J.B. Weld, the brand that pros and DIYers have trusted for over 15 years. They're proud. Sorry, 50 years. Wow. Yeah, that's right. 50 years. J.B. Weld's a proud sponsor of the Adam Carolla Show. By the way, I use this stuff all the time, and you can get it at jbweld.com and retailers everywhere. J.B. Weld, world's strongest bond. All right. Well, we're going to do the live show from Alaska. We're going to catch you all up on uh, what happened, the hijinks, the bears, the salmon, uh, the booze, the women. It's all there. It's all coming. First, let me tell you about Geico. Geico, do you own, do you rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet you work hard as well. Well, you know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners, your renter's insurance, along with your automotive policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around the house. So go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save when you bundle. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Live from Chilkoot Charlie's in Anchorage, Alaska, this is the Adam Carolla Show, with Mike Dawson on the news, a spirited round of the Rotten Tomatoes game, and a round of Adam Carolla is unprepared, and now, the Sultan of Sockeye, Adam Carolla! out tonight you guys hear me okay thanks for uh checking out the show we do appreciate that uh yeah we just flew in from uh bristol bay we're just in uh king salmon alaska yeah did a lot of fishing more fishing than i really need to do because there's really you could divide the nation into two camps the people who go batshit crazy ape shit over fishing and then there's me who just wants to drink and watch other people fish 
and I was thinking about it because we went out with these two guides, and these guys are young, and they're like so excited about fishing, and fishing is a little weird. It's a little yucky to me, like that part where they go, "Oh, you gotta, you gotta bait the, uh, you gotta bait the, you gotta hook the bait, you gotta take the hook, and you just gotta put it through the minnow's eye." And then it'll go like hell. Yeah, I would run like hell too if you put a hook through my eye. And then it, but when you catch the fish, so here's basically what I'm saying. I don't think these guys love fishing. I think they hate fish. <laughs> because they got enough fucking fish to last them a lifetime. Whenever you talk to them about how's it work, well, you pull them up. Then I just hit them with a fungo bat. Then I rip their gills off and let them bleed out. Then I gut them. It's like, then I fuck them. Then I put them in the cooler. Then I tell their parents. <laughs> Write a super harsh note to their mom and their dad explaining what we just did to the sockeye salmon. You know how you catch sockeye salmon, by the way? Well, like, first off, I would do it at a Ralph's or a Kroger's or some, you know, normal place where they've done all this stuff. But they, uh, they, they catch, you catch, we just caught them yesterday. You put your line in the water, but you don't bait it. You let the line run and the hook run, and then you hook them with your hook. You don't actually get them to eat anything. They're just, they're just wanting to spawn. Like their whole thing, it'd be, it'd be like if you were going, you know what, I'm going to go out whoring tonight. <laughs> and you're just walking down the street and a big grappling hook swung down and caught you in the liver and then somebody started dragging you while they were popping a schlitz and laughing. <laughs> and then at some point they take mercy on you and go, no, we're, we're not going to eat them, we're going to throw them back on the sidewalk. <laughs> Somehow the fish don't mind this. You put a hook in their face, you drag them out of the water, you let them flail around for a while, you take a picture with them, and then you throw them back to the place where you caught them 14 seconds earlier. But we just hang the, we just hang the hook, the hook catches the thing. It doesn't always catch it in the mouth, which is the scary part. Sometimes you just get them in the groin or the ass or the side or the ribs, and then there's always this announcement when uh, you hook the fish, like, oh, we got a runner. Yeah, I bet we do. <laughs> Chances are when you put a hook in a creature, the creature's a little bit freaked out and is trying to go the opposite way from the way it's being dragged. So uh, we went out there. We saw a lot of bald eagles, which is awesome. You guys ever see a Well, you guys see them. You guys see them. <laughs> You guys have bald eagle pets. Most of you have had a child taken by a bald eagle. Of course, you know bald eagles. I'm from, I'm from North Hollywood. We don't have... We, we, we see a crow or that bird that was on the Anheuser-Busch sign and go, holy shit, look at that nature. So you guys have bald eagles. Hey, you know, what we... We always talk about what, what magnificent hunters they are. You know, they got the huge talons and they can, 
spot a minnow from 8,000 feet in the air and they drop down like a torpedo and they snatch him up and stuff. Never seen a bald eagle doing anything but hanging out and just basically being a bald eagle. Just going, hey, check out my armpits. We're gonna do another slow lap around the airport of life and you guys can all admire me. But when we were, uh, we went to the uh, island where the bears are, I wrote it down somewhere, whatever, the Brooks, Brooks Falls. Yeah, Brooks Falls. At some point, a bald eagle swooped down, just went about 10 feet above our heads, just zoomed past us. I told my son, and this is true, according to native legend, <laughs> if a bald eagle shits on you, you will be the next vice president of the United States. <laughs> it's a true story. You gotta chronicle it, but it's true. I went to Brooks Island where the bears are. You guys ever go to that? That place, they always tell you, uh, you know, the bears are always, they're always like, you know, if you see a bear, they give you a lot of tips. You see a bear, stop. Yeah, no shit. No shit. No, I'm going to make horns out of my fingers to do that move with my foot like I'm a, like I'm a bull. Yeah, I, I shall stop if I see a bear. Uh, don't run. I do like this thing where it's like, they don't want to harm you, but if you run, they will kill you. <laughs> what other creature works this way? I don't think neighbors work this way. Like, Herb's a sweet guy. He doesn't want any problems, but if he ever sees you jogging, he will fucking take you down and gut you. If Herb sees you jogging, he will take your liver. He will kill you. He's a good guy. He doesn't want any problems. He's probably just watering his lawn, but if he sees you jogging, he's going to drop the hose. He's coming after you. Uh, if you, uh, at some point, you're supposed to puff yourself up to make yourself look bigger, which uh, we were trying to do back at the lodge because we were drinking a lot of beer and eating a lot of cheesecakes. So we were like training in case we saw any bears. But, but you know, I was sort of doing the math on the bear. The bear, they got brown bears. You ever see like a full-size male brown bear? Uh, oh, yeah, you guys from Alaska, you live in Paris. Probably had a few abduct your children earlier in the week, right? Um, they do a move where they go, you're supposed to puff yourself up and make yourself bigger. But, I don't know. First off, how much could you puff yourself up? You know what I mean? What do you go, from 175 to 182? And the bear goes, shit, we got a, we got a cruiser weight on our hands? You mean I only have 800 pounds on this camper? I thought I had 925, but no. You go to that, uh, you go to the island, and then uh, you watch the bears, and then the bears just uh, just sit on top of the waterfall. The big bear does. I'm not a huge fan of nature, but they do have it worked out. The big dude bear stands up there, and the mama bear and the baby bears are all scared shitless. Nobody's getting me too'd. <laughs> Nobody's getting canceled. He's just like, I got 400 pounds on all your asses, so I'm gonna eat my fucking fill of salmon, and then you guys can get to it when you get to it. Also, I don't know what's up with bear dads, but uh, they seem like to eat their kids or other people's kids. They're evidently, you know, they, they look 
like if you ever see these bears in person, you just want to fucking get them in a headlock and move their ears around like I do in my lab, but uh, I wouldn't recommend it. We, uh, so the big bear just stands up there on top of the waterfall and he's just like, he's just waiting for the salmon who are spawning to get back, you know, they go back. Salmon are, are weirdly intelligent, you know, they go out to the sea, they live there for a few years and at some point they go back to the pond they were hatched in, spawn and die. Um, and I don't know and nobody knows how they know where this uh, original pond was and how many miles they travel upstream and then they gotta jump up the waterfall. But the bear, he just hangs out there. And I was watching him for like an hour yesterday and there was no salmon. There's no salmon anywhere. The bear's just standing there just looking. And I'm looking at the bear and I'm like, hey bear, there's no salmon here. Why don't you call the day? Why don't you... But then I started thinking about it, like that was my brain. You know what I mean? Like my thing with the bear was, you got better places to be than standing in the stream looking for the salmon that's never coming upstream, don't you? But the answer is no, he's a bear. He's just gonna go sit on land and see if he can lick his balls or yell at another bear or get bit by mosquito. He's got nothing. We took one of those uh, float planes in. You guys ever fly on a float plane? They do. They, always, they do this one too, which is, I don't know if they tell you this, but like when we got on the float plane, there's a lot of, yeah, that's a float plane there. Made in 1953. Oh, well now I'm brimming with confidence. Scanned 68 years ago. Back before they had jet engines and other shit that kept planes in the air. They put you up in the plane and uh, they fly the plane. Now, I've never flown in a float plane before, but I've seen 25 movies where people attempt to fly in a float plane. That's the beginning of the movie. It never fucking works out. There's never been a movie where someone got in a float plane, it got to altitude, landed where they wanted to land, and went, thank you very much, that was flawless. Nope, it's always a goose strike, or they lose an engine, or some Inuit throws a spear at it. I don't know. I was told you couldn't say Eskimo, so. Can you say Eskimo? Yeah. yeah. Okay, you can say Eskimo. I was just uh, with my son upstairs. We're just sitting in the green room. And uh, my son's sitting there, just turned 15. He's looking around, he's looking around. He's looking at every poster everyone has played here. And he goes, I don't recognize any of these people. <laughs> so that's right, son. That's what happened to daddy's career. <laughs> gone places where you do not recognize any of the people. Don't worry, in a few years, some washed up act is gonna bring his teenage son up there. There'll be a picture of me hanging on the wall. And that little boy's gonna say, Papa, who's the fuck with the Brillo head? I don't know, I think he used to do a pot card or something, son. Don't, don't go down that road. 
Dawson and uh, Mike August are filling in tonight because we don't have. Uh, we don't. I think it's our mixer broke on the plane ride over or something like that. We can't bring Gina and Bald Brian in to do the pod today. I know, but it's something, uh, something with the mixer, right, Mexipata? Yes. Good, thank you. I almost got a sip of water. Um, <clears throat> I did have this on the way in. I wrote down the guy's names. Um, we're flying in from uh, Bristol Bay about an hour ago. And we're on the uh, Alaskan Airlines flight. First off, I'm fine with Alaska Airlines, but a couple things. Uh, couldn't get a direct flight from Los Angeles to Alaska on Alaskan Airlines, right? I just feel like, call yourself Seattle Layover Airline. Let's call you what you are. You're not Alaska Airlines. You're hope you like the Seattle Airport Airline. That's and then you can go where the fuck you want after that. But got nothing going to what's on the tail stab on the back. And then uh, I was also thinking about Alaska Airlines. Like they got the uh, their logo is is the Eskimo, right? They got the big Eskimo, Nanook in the north on there. Um, not a great logo, not a great mascot for an airline, you know what I mean? Like, everyone close your eyes and think about all the great Eskimo pilots from over the years. Like, all those brave flyers, we probably would have lost World War II if it wasn't for the Eskimo flying battalion, right? Eskimos are like a burrowing people. I feel like they're not... You come from a place with a bald eagle. Just put the fucking eagle on the tail fan. And, and some blue ice falls out of the plane. Whoever it hits will be the next vice president. See the way I brought that around? But uh, anyway, we're flying Alaskan Airlines. And um, the uh, stewardess, flight attendant, hey, cool. Inuit, I don't know what we're calling it. Yeah. Yeah, hold on, drunken Alaska guy. Yes. The guy who's on the tail fin. Yeah. That's William Seward. Oh, William Seward. Oh. He bought it for the government. He bought it for the government. Has he ever flown an airplane? Has he ever flown directly from LAX to Alaska? All right. He bought. He bought Alaska. All right. All right. But let me say this. I do not like the new casualness in the air. Like we're in the air, and they give you everyone's name. Like I'm your flight attendant, Becky, and that's Suzanne, and she'll be helping you. And blah, 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 blah. and then they go, our first officer, Dave and Glenn, Captain Dave and Captain Glenn. First off, this isn't a fucking kids party. <laughs> I want real names for airline pilots. I don't want fucking Dave and Glenn. I want Murdoch and Stonebreaker. You know what I mean? I want fucking names. I don't want to be on a first name basis with the guy who's piloting the plane. I like the fucking last names. I, um, <clears throat> let's see what I write now. So we're on the Knack Neck River. We don't need that. 
Seaplane. Oh, moose. Oh, boy. I don't know if you guys have ever eaten moose. I keep forgetting where I am. It's normally when I do shows in Encino, California. And I ask if anyone's eating moose, it's crickets. You guys probably eating crickets too, right? Is there, is there one of God's creatures you have not consumed? We were, uh, we're at the lodge and uh, they brought over the fish. They filleted one of the fish that we caught earlier in the day. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I had this whole romantic thing about we pulled this fish out of the water two hours earlier. They took it right back, they filleted it, they grilled it, they put the uh, wedges of lemon there and the pepper and the salt, and they laid it out, and it was just the same as any shit I've eaten from Costco ever. It was the same. It was the fucking same. Any shit I pulled out of the frozen section at Trader Joe's, fuck you guys. <laughs> guys are fish snobs. I'll put, I, I will challenge you. I will challenge you like my buddies who are vodka snobs. You know, oh, I only eat Grey Goose. I only drink the Patron Silverware. All right, you guys are vodka snobs and fish snobs. I will buy a shot of fucking Smirnoff in a squeeze bottle, and then we'll go get Dan Aykroyd's Crystal Skull shit that's five times filtered and made from the tears of virgins, and you fucking alcoholics won't be able to tell the difference. And I'll get a sockeye salmon that I just pulled up from the Knickknack River in Bristol Bay, I'll fillet that shit, and then I'll go get some shit from Butcher Box that's been in the fridge that's in my garage for three years. And I'll get my fucking nanny Olga to whip that shit up and you assholes will not be able to tell the difference. Don't give me that shit. I know it's not a goddamn popularity contest, people. I'm just here to speak the truth. Bartender, give me some fish. Get some smeared off. It was good. It, it was good, but it wasn't mind-blowing. It was just good. And then, oh yeah, that's oh, that's us. That's Sonny and Mike and me there. There you can see that. That's what we caught. But then, then a plate showed up. Mysterious plate. <laughs> Had red meat on it, cut in weird shapes. And we were told it was moose. So we had to try the moose. Now, none of us like the moose because we're normal people. <laughs> normal people don't like moose. <laughs> it was okay, but we would have much rather had it in and out burger than the moose. Let's, let's be honest. So we started eating the moose, and we all kind of pushed our chairs back a little and like, yeah, I think yeah, we've had our fill of moose for this year. I topped off on moose on the way in, had a moose salad for breakfast. So 
we all had the moose, and then we decided we didn't really much care for the moose, and then someone tapped on a guy's shoulder who was at the table right next to ours and said, guess who shot the moose? Sure enough, this guy shot the moose we all hated. <laughs> then we painted a smile on our face and said, best moose we've ever had. Then he went on to talk about shooting the moose, which uh, I like it. I, I, like, I like hunting. I like the uh, bow hunters. I know, they started off with uh, rifles. Well, they probably started off with spears, right? And then they went to rifles. I guess the fact that we went to bow hunting is probably a good sign for, for us as a society because it really means we're out of problems, right? Like if you, if you just took early man and you went like, or you just took man like, you know, 700 years ago and went, see the bow and arrow? Yeah. Yeah, it's tough killing moose and bears and bison and all sorts of stuff with the arrow because A, it's, you gotta get real close and B, it'll hit them and sometimes it just pisses them off or if it misses them, they'll fucking eat you. So we invented this thing called a rifle and we invented a scope and we invented this bolt action and we got 10 rounds in the thing and this thing's accurate up to 250 yards and uh, early man would be like, this has got to be the greatest breakthrough ever. You can just sit here, down on one knee, shoot the moose from a thousand yards away. Then when the moose is dead, you can just walk up and, and eat on it. But the notion, like explaining to this person, but you know, a lot of us have gone back to the bow and arrow. <laughs> he would think you were the dumbest fucks on the planet, right? <laughs> The notion, if you took like early man and go, we're back to bow hunting now, and we're toying with slingshots. <laughs> it is one of those officially out of problems. Like, yeah, we're done killing shit from long distances. We're gonna get a little closer and shoot him. I, uh, we went to a hunter's house. We fired guns today, and uh, there's a lot of safety they give you. I always tune that part out. <laughs> Muzzle down, never, always blah, 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 blah. Don't swing it around, never point it at someone unless you intend to kill them, blah, blah, blah. I feel like there's a lot of people pointing guns at people that don't necessarily intend to kill them, but then, uh, you know, we got situations with the cops. I don't want to get, uh, I don't want controversial, but the point is, is uh, we sat in this dude's den and he had bears hanging up on the wall and moose antlers everywhere. <laughs> it's so funny. On, on his, his TV stand was made of whale vertebra. Whale, a whale spine. When we were, uh, and he was explaining how he shot the bear with the pistol that had a 357 or three, what, a 347? What the fuck, Magnum? But 357 Magnum, he shot the bear, and blah, blah, blah. And then later on, my son went, he shot a whale? And I was like, no, nah, no. Nah. nah, he harpooned it. No, nah, no, nah, he, he just waited for it to wash up on the beach. I, I don't know where he got the whale 
whale vertebrae, but uh, yeah, hunting. It's kind of a weird, uh, it's kind of one of those things where you go, um, I was thinking about it. Um, when we were shooting the guns, we went down to the, his target, his range. He has like an airfield. Everyone in uh, Bristol, Alaska, like owns a, an airplane, but none of them look like they're worth more than seven hundred dollars. Like, <laughs> it's like we could take every one of those planes that's in in uh, Bristol, Alaska, sell them all, and buy half a used Learjet. <laughs> Quick break. Let me tell you about J.B. Weld. J.B. Weld, world's strongest bond. Pros have trusted it for over 50 years. But uh, why hire a pro when you can work like a pro with J.B. Weld? Proud to have J.B. Weld, Epoxy Adhesives, as a sponsor. I personally know the owner. I love these guys. I walked right up to him, introduced myself, and that was in Vegas about five years ago. And now here they are as a sponsor. So if you got projects, auto, crafts, plumbing, marine, and more use on, uh, you can use on metal, wood, plastics, glass, ceramic, keeping your kitchen drawer, craft supply, garage. I use it to fix Sonny's shoe. It's still going strong. I use it to fix uh, Natalia's cold roller. I don't know what it was, but I used JB Weld to fix it. JB Weld has uh, acquired Herculiner, the original DIY truck bed liner. So if you're looking for the world's strongest truck bed liner, Herculiner has you covered. It's JB Weld, right, Dawson? JB Weld is available at jbweld.com, Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, AutoZone, Advanced Auto Parts, Napa, O'Reilly, Amazon, Michaels, and more. And remember, JB Weld epoxy products are proudly made in the USA. JB Weld, world's strongest bond. All right. Do we have, uh, let's see, what do we got, Max Zapata? What do you got? You got, uh, well, we got you, news you got to a, do. We yeah, got we got the news. We got the Rotten Tomatoes game. And you're going to play two of our audience members. So if anybody wants to play the Rotten Tomatoes game. Mm-hmm. Anyone want to play uh, the Rotten Tomatoes game? Right there. And uh, right, right there. Yeah, I'll narrow it down. The Husky guys with the beards. <laughs> Hey, don't laugh, ladies. I included five of you. I'm not saying which. Five. But I can see the room from here. All right, so we got this guy here and that guy there. And we'll play the Rotten Tomatoes game. Jesus, hot up here. We got volunteers uh, there. And uh, let's see. All right, you guys coming up? All right, that's how we're doing it. Yeah, guys, uh, yeah, have a seat there. Get a microphone. Catch a little uh, little sweat under the lights here. What do you guys? What do you guys names? Yeah, there you go. Pull up that. Uh, pull up that mic. My name's Joey. Joey, what's going on, Joey? Not a lot. It's uh, great to be here. Yeah, what do you do, Joey? Uh, I make knives. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so you can stab a moose. You make knives. You watch that show Forged in Fire and go, oh, that's bullshit, man. <laughs> I'm not that in-depth into it. I just started, but uh, I do enjoy that show. Now, let me ask you this, uh, Joey, who makes knives. Do we have a knife shortage? <laughs> I feel that way. 
Do we, uh, you're, you're, are you going to sell them? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, actually, I mean, I make it for that guy right there. You, he? <laughs> you don't have a uh, Costco around here? <laughs> you go to a store and buy a knife and go, I don't like the way this is balanced. You own a restaurant or something? No, I own a knife shop. Oh, all right. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> All right, see so on a knife shot. What was a good? What was a, What would a good custom Joey knife set you back? Anywhere between you know three hundred fifty to seven hundred dollars. It's a little. Uh, it's a little out of my range. Do you make like a really high end spork? <laughs> but a real good one, not the Kentucky Fried Chicken shit. Like something with like a. Oh, candle or something. Definitely something we should branch out into. Uh, you, you would, that would be a power move, like at the next picnic, like you pulling your velvet case out. I brought my own spark. <laughs> Joey forged it from tungsten. <laughs> what do you do for handles? You do antlers and bones and. Uh, we do everything between, uh, yeah, moose antler to whalebone, mm -hmm. tall sheep. I love it. I love it. We're on the, uh, we're on the, we're on the, uh, I, I like being on the nose. And our next guest? Ralph. Ralph. And you tan hides? <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> All these lights with these candles in it are making me hot. <laughs> How are you guys hearing my voice being amplified? How does this work? It must be the acoustics. Sorry, Ralph. Is it Joey and Ralph? Yeah. Ralph, what do you do? I'm a contractor. Yeah, what do you make? Uh, I'm mobile sandblasting. Oh, really? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do, uh, media? You do uh, crushed walnuts, you do soda, what do you do? I do everything, I do that in glass. Mm, B-blasting. Bla I'll make it Alaskan for you, I do a lot of cabins. Oh, you do a lot of cabins. There's a lot of feel. I, I just, we just took a tour of uh, Bristol Bay. Uh, it's a lot of corrosion around here. <laughs> it seems like shit's growing everywhere. Other stuff is chipping and decaying. It's like a constant war with nature, man. I see busy. Yeah, you, I'm from North Hollywood. We just put down some asphalt like 14 years ago and everyone war over nature. Yeah, we'll call it a day. And we moved on. But you guys, it's a constant battle with the elements. So you show up and you got your blaster out, yeah. And you'll you'll take all the moss off the side of my cabin. A lot of old stain. Oh, and like people people just keep putting stain over stain over stain, and you get to a point where it's so thick they get all taken off so they can refinish it. Well, I gotta say this as I drove, and I I I, I, I used to be a contractor, so I must have looked at a million buildings between uh, Alaska and you know and and being in Bristol Bay and driving all through and everything. I, I announced at some point, because I'm from Southern California, right? Like, we put stucco on toast in California. We fucking stucco everything. Like, if you build a, 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 a jungle gym in the park, some Mexican will come up and just stucco over it. That's just the way it works. Where's all your stucco? How come there's no stucco anywhere? Do you even know what stucco is? We're really far away from the southern border. So it doesn't work. 
Or is it that Blue-Eyed Devil doesn't know what to do with stucco? <laughs> oh, you guys wish you had stucco, but you don't have anyone who can spread it. Yeah. I had that thought. All right, so uh, Joey and Ralph, you guys, uh, you guys want to play the game? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Dawson. Where is Dawson? Oh, Chris has it. Sorry. I better be you fucking bumpkins. I, I gotta be honest. You guys probably have VHS players in your cabins, right? You've never seen any of these movies. Christoph Waltz, who's that homo? I'm gonna trounce you guys, I can feel it. All right, well, at long last, we made it to the 49th state, the last frontier, the land of the midnight sun, home to salmon, moose, bison, glaciers, and yes, the birthplace of Tiger Woods' former mistress, Rachel Yucatel. You sure got a lot going for your state, including the following movies, which all take place in this icy tundra that you call Alaska. After a devastating plane crash, Eight men are forced to survive in the frozen wilderness. I told you, it's always a plane crash. <laughs> Leading the pack is Liam Neeson, a wolf-killing sharpshooter who attempts to lead the crew of oil refinery workers back to civilization. Frank Grillo, Dolmet Maroney, and a bunch of CGI wolves co-star in 2012's The Grey. All right, you guys had to have seen this one, right? No, of course you have. <laughs> Too busy bead blasting. Carve out a little time to watch a movie. What do you got, a mobile rig? Yeah. You got a trailer? Yeah, 24 foot. 24 foot. What kind of compressor are you running? Ingersoll ran? No. Uh... Shit, you don't know your own compressor, boy? Uh, John Deere is a uh, 210 CFM. A what? 210 CFM. Well, who makes it? John Deere. Oh, John Deere. Hey, here's a joke. <laughs> My girl ran off with a tractor salesman. She wrote me a John Deere letter. <laughs> it's not my joke. All right, I was telling Mike that joke earlier today. How am I gonna pass up on this? This is kismet for all you Jews out there. All right, uh, you guys write down your number. I saw this movie in the theater. It was uh, enjoyable. Um, everyone's plane goes down in Alaska. Evidently, we were the only ones who wanted to land in Alaska. Everyone wants to fly over. Um, you guys know, what do I find out? You could fit Texas in Alaska twice? Three times? Three times? I get it, but don't you think Texas would be pissed? All right, you guys locked in? All right, I say uh, the critics thought it was fun, it wasn't great, I'm going 67%. 
I went Ralph 52. Moore. 52. Joey? I went high, I went 73. 73. The Grey. Hold on, the guy makes knives for a living. <laughs> he has this finger on the pulse of the Hollywood scene. He wears a leather apron and spins one of those wheels with his foot that has a big stone on it. And when he sharpens it, he laughs maniacally. <laughs> we do have electricity up here. You do? Oh, okay. I, I didn't get the memo. Still that stone you turn with your foot. Just do me a favor, when you sharpen a knife, laugh maniacally in case someone walks in. All right, what is it? The gray is certified fresh at 71. Oh! You don't win the race on the first quarter, people! You got a lot of laps to go. Any knife maker can get lucky once. You've heard the old saying. Our next film stars a young Ethan Hawke as a boy who has arrived to Alaska in search of a gold mine. Along the way, he encounters a dog-slash-wolf hybrid who's being treated cruelly by his owner. Following a fight to the death with a fierce bulldog, the boy and his new furry friend escape and become close companions. Based on the classic novel by Jack London. From 1991, Walt Disney's White Fang. White Fang. All right. Didn't see it. Disney movies usually do pretty good, but maybe not the live action ones, but everyone loves a good dude, wolf, nature story. I've got to feel, uh, feel like the critics were uh, pretty forgiving to this one. 71. Ralph, you locked in. Joey? Got it. Got it. I'm gonna say fresh at 73. I got 70. Mm-hmm. And I went low with 69. 69. Yeah, dude. White Fang is fresh at 65. Second turn, people! You got a lap to go around this course. Beginner's knife maker's luck. Next up, an unmanned diesel train is speeding out of control through Alaska. It's up to two escaped convicts, along with a stowaway railroad worker to keep it from derailing or colliding into anything else. John Voight, Eric Roberts, and Rebecca De Mornay star in 1985's Runaway Train. Oh, this is a good one. You guys see this movie? It's a good movie. Watch this movie. I'm telling you, it's a good movie. Uh, it's a good movie. I didn't even know it was supposed to take place in uh, Alaska. Um, all right, you guys, uh, you guys locked in there? Yeah. I say the critics like this one. I think it may have been nominated for something. I say 
82. I'm 20 off, I'm 62. Ralph, 62, and I'm at 60. Hey, uh oh. All right. Runaway Train is fresh at 86%. Oh! Bring in the dogs and piss on the fire. Party's over, buddy. That's Alaska talk. John? Dawson told me that one when we were fishing, so I thought... He knew something I didn't know. All right, well, we got a close game here as we head to the championship rounds. Legendary filmmaker Werner Herzog pieced together this haunting documentary about environmentalist Timothy Treadwell, who decided to live his life among a tribe of wild grizzly bears on an Alaskan reserve. As Timothy attempts to bridge the gap between man and beast, the film examines the grim realities of Mother Nature. From 2005, Grizzly Man. Grizzly Man. Joey. Yeah, Joey, Joey, oh, Joey thought this was gay porn. This is a real movie, Joey. All right, you guys got it locked in? I think this thing was nominated. I think the critics liked it. And I'm going to say 84. I think they liked it enough at 76 because the guy died. 76. Come on, Joey. I'm the low again at 72. 72. Grizzly Man is certified fresh at 92%. Oh! Joe, you want to fall on one of your own knives or you want me to get one from the kitchen? I took him into the deep water and I drowned him, man. You got to play more every now and then. I played rope-a-dope with your ass like Ali and I tired you out. Now I'm landing haymakers, bitch. Woo! Don't you come into my... Oh, wait, I came into your house. All right, forget, let's keep going. And finally, there's a small town in Alaska so far north. It experiences a solid month of darkness every year. Though most of the residents head south for the winter. Let me, some... say, let me say this. We've been experiencing this light till uh, 1 a.m., 1.30, and whatever. And we like to drink... And normally, I like to wait till the street lights come on so I don't feel like an alcoholic. But when the sun never sets, then you have to drink when it's light outside. I mean, I guess you don't have to, but come on, we're not pussies. We're going to drink, right? And at first, you don't like it, but then at a certain point, you realize. If you can't tell the difference between 11.30 at night and 10.45 in the morning, then why not get a jump on the drinking? Sorry, Dawson. Though most of the residents head south for the winter, some of the townspeople remain behind, and in this particular film, those that stay regret their decision. When a group of hungry vampires descend on the town to feed 
uninterrupted. Josh Hartnett stars in a film based on the popular graphic novel of the same name from 2007, 30 Days of Night. Mm. Well, this is tough. I didn't see this one. I thought it was that Al Pacino movie where he never could go to bed. Insomnia or something. All right, this is tough. Now, I got a little lead, but this move, what years is from Dawson? This shit could be in the teens. 2007. Could be, you know, 53%, could be 13. Now, I got to protect a lead here, people. So, I'm going to choke up a little, try to make contact. See if I can get a stand-up double with 39. I went 35. Oh. <laughs> I took a page out of your book and went 13. 13. Smart. 30 days of night is rotten. At 51%. Well, Dawson, I could save you some time. I could tell the winner to stand up, but he's already standing. But I'll let you crunch those numbers. We have had one correction. The gray actually has a score of 79%. Mm-hmm. And Joey was the closest to that at 73. But the final scores are in Big Ralph. Congratulations, you made the podium. In third place, striking that bronze hard. Big score of 110. Wow. Yeah. Joey did a little bit better. Joey, you are either in second place or first place. Weird. But if you're good at math, you probably can figure it out. Joey, coming in with a score of 90. Which leaves us Adam Carolla. Yeah. Played a tight game all the way through. Was it enough to hang on to the top spot? Adam Carolla, your score of 44. Yeah. First place. And the winner of the Rotten Tomatoes game. Don't fuck with the Hollywood elite. You go back to throwing knives and spraying sand. And let the Hollywood types do the scoring up here. All right, Ralph and Joey, thank you guys uh, so much for coming out here. All right, should we do uh, a little news? Dawson's gonna handle the news before we bring uh, before we bring someone up and pull the balls up here. We'll get to some of your uh, stuff you wrote on. Quick break. Let me tell you about Geico. Geico, do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet you work hard as well. Well, you know it's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners, your renters insurance, along with your automotive policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around the house. So go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save when you bundle. 
It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Oh, Dawson's coming up. That's right. Yeah, come on up, Dawson. The News with Mike Dawson. Well, let's start with the big story. Bill Cosby's out of jail. Oh, yeah! Bill Cosby was released from prison Wednesday after Pennsylvania's highest court overturned his sexual assault conviction, saying the disgraced actor's due process rights were violated. The stunning decision in the case, in the case of the man once known as America's dad, reverses the first high-profile celebrity criminal trial of the Me Too era. Here's what happened. A panel of the Pennsylvania State Supreme Court judges said in their uh, opinion that a former Montgomery County District Attorney's decision to not prosecute Cosby in 2005 in return for his deposition in a civil case was ultimately used against him at his trial. Right, I talked to Mark Gergos about this. So they basically said, give your deposition and it'll be sealed and we won't use it against you. And then they unsealed it and they used it against him and that's why this thing's getting thrown out. Now, if you, uh, I have a theory. My theory is if you watch the beginning of the Cosby show, you see the beginning of that and he's like, woo, I love dancing. Well, who are the most evil celebrities on the planet? It's Bill Cosby. And not that Cosby's as bad as Ellen, but there's Ellen. And who does all the dancing at the beginning of the show? The evil celebrities. That's right. Nobody should want to dance. If you dance, it's to make up for evil, evil behavior. Always know that. Guys should be dragged out onto the dance floor to dance. And sure, I did Dancing with the Stars. But I was forced to do that by my agent. I didn't want to do it. So, Bill Cosby is out. I don't know, uh, I think his wife always stood by him, by the way. And I think Felicia Rashad, his fake wife, he must have been a hell of a husband because his real wife and his TV wife both stood by him through this entire roofie ordeal. But. I don't think it's over. I feel like I feel like he may find his way back into prison at some point, but uh, either way, he's going to be up here next week, so the tickets go on sale <laughs> at the bar. Harvey Weinstein is going to be opening for Bill. I, I I don't know. It's a sad, sad, sad world. We should all, if, if you're famous, you just have to kill yourself on your 63rd birthday. I think that's, I think that's just, I think, I think that's evident now. Well, Cosby, 83 years old, spent the last three years in prison. Felicia Rashad is happy, Gloria Allred is not. <laughs> yeah, well, call me when that bitch is happy. <laughs> Never seen a headline, Gloria Allred celebrates with joy. Everyone named Gloria is miserable, and everyone named Joy is fucking miserable. Those are the two things I've learned in life. Sorry. Yes. We have some hot Alan Parsons news. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Alan Parsons, the legendary rock and roller and uh, audio engineer, 
most famously for engineering the dark side of the moon, has just received an honor from the Queen of England. It is the Order of the British Empire, which essentially is every year on the Queen's birthday, she puts a list together of people that she... You think she puts the list together, Dawson? She puts it together or she drools on a stack of paper (laughs) that people push in front of her, and one guy is a big Pink Floyd fan. She doesn't sit around and goes, we must honor Alan Parsons. He sung the song Eye in the Sky back in 1986 when I was only 79 years of age. That's right. She was smoking a big fat joint, listening to Dark Side. Alan Parsons says, I am hugely chuffed. He's chuffed. He's chuffed. He's chuffed. And I'm grateful for the countless congratulatory messages from friends, family, business associates, and fans. Uh, the honor came down in May. We actually found out then, but we didn't find out until recently. Well, the OBE. Thankfully, American can breathe a sigh of relief knowing that Alan Parsons has been honored by the Queen. Yep. Woo! The OBE actually stands for the Officer of the Order of the British Empire. It's essentially a step below knighthood. How old is the queen? Is she like 96 years old or something? I mean, her husband just died. He fought in like World War II. She has been around since anyone in this room has ever been born for sure she's been the queen. I mean, she's in her 90s or something now. She wears those old lady shoes, which I don't like. Someone's got to get her some pumps or something. But either way, God bless her. It's great. She uh, she honors Alan Parsons and then has like an estranged grandson whose kooky wife thinks she's racist, and then she dies. It's awesome. She's 95, so says uh, Max Pat at the back. All right. Thank you for that breaking Alan yes. Parsons news. Absolutely. Awesome. You knew I had to get that one in there. Uh, recently in Los Angeles, uh, the headline here says, Woman outraged at spa for letting trans in women's room. Did you guys hear about this story? Yeah. So you just, you just identify as a male, and then you can go walk into the female locker room and swing your dick around, and there's nothing we can do about it in California because you identified is a female you don't by the way isn't this weird slippery slope shit like we're getting into like um you i'm going to mark Garagas's uh, daughter's wedding and they want your covid vaccine card or a test card but couldn't i just identify as someone who was vaccinated like at this at this point, like, where's this shit gonna end? I'm just gonna identify as the pilot and tell the guys to get out of the cockpit so I can fly. Like, everyone's just gonna start identifying as everything. We don't see where that would be a little bit dangerous. And also, let's just say, all right, let, let's, all right, let's do some hypotheticalness here. Let's say you were a dude and you identified as a female but you had a dick, would it kill you to go in the dude's locker room and just look at more dick? Like, how fucking offensive would that be? You've been looking at dick, including your own, your entire goddamn life. 
Just go see another 10 minutes worth of dick and then get in the fucking sauna and then go get a rub. And by the way, you know what I would say to this guy who likes to frequent the uh, massage places? I would say, uh, hey, he who identifies as a she, you're under oath. Have you ever gotten a rub and tug your entire life? And if the answer is yes, then what the fuck were they tugging on? And if they were tugging on something, then get the fuck to the male side of the locker room. Thank you. Well, this woman is a hero. The woman in the Los Angeles area, Wee Spa, yelled at employees after suffering a traumatic event of a man walking through the women's locker room with, quote, his penis hanging out. Yeah, that's the woman who complained. Yeah. Right? This guy was hanging dong. By the way, did you guys see the footage of this? It was irate black woman who just saw a dong in locker room and diminutive, quiet Asian woman with mask on. Behind the counter, she didn't have a fucking chance. That black chick was shot out of that fucking locker room like a cannonball, screaming at the chick. Little Asian chick with the mask on, shuffling papers, struggling with the language. When there was a, it was a cultural slaughterhouse in the yelling department. The one chick was like bowing and saying, sorry, and that chick, you better be talking to Papa. The one chick, I mean, it was a cultural mismatch. We can do white on white, we can do black on black, we can do Asian on Asian, we can do black chick on fat drunk white chick, that'll work, but we can't do crazy black chick who just saw Dong in the locker room with subservient Asian woman who just wanted to fucking finish her day at the spot. That is a yelling match. That will not work. We can do Samoan women against black women. I've seen it. They'll hold their own. I don't know how your Eskimos are yelling. Well, the Not woman yelled at the spa employees quite a bit. Yes. And she said, so it's okay. The guy has a dick. He has a dick and he has his penis hanging out. I have a right to feel comfortable without a man exposing himself. That's traumatizing. Someone else stepped up, another dude, just some pussy, and tried to calm the lady down and said, oh, it's cool, it's just a trans dude. And she said to him, you're out of alignment. Yeah, see? Now see, it's another cultural mismatch there. White spa dude with wooden bracelets trying to coach up irate black chick who just saw a dog. Not gonna work. It's, it's, like, it's like putting a, a, a super heavyweight in with a flyweight. It's not, it's not gonna work culturally in the yelling department. Now. What else we got, Dawson? Well, finally here. Hey, Mike, can you give me a water? Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. So yeah, uh, yesterday or the day before, we were up at the uh, Katmai National Park visiting yeah. the bears. We were. Oh, uh, we were there a day late. Uh, apparently, a visitor was injured after a bear swatted at him, knocked him backward into the river this week. It was a small group, included two park visitors and a guide. They stopped on an island near the confluence of the Savaskuzans and Grobsons rivers. Right. Wednesday afternoon to eat and sightsee, National Park Service said in a statement. The guide and one of the visitors walked downriver. Second visitor stayed near the boat to take pictures, and then here comes a bear acting aggressive to everybody, and all three people attempted to haze the bear. 
Yeah. That's confusing to me, because what do they do? Strip yeah. him down to his tidy whities make him drink 40 beers, and recite the Greek alphabet backwards? Is that how you haze the bear? Leave the joke in Adam, Dustin. So, let's break down that game film, because hazing the bear, you've got a... Uh, 26% chance you may frighten the bear, and then there's a 113% chance you're gonna piss the bear off. And I think that's kind of the math on hazing the bear. I, uh, I would say the bear spray is probably the best 14 bucks you'd ever spent in your life in if in fact you have to use it, right? Seems like seems like that's something I'd buy, but anyway. Well, the visitor was he was swatted by the bear. He sustained minor injuries to his uh, forearm. Uh, the guide was able to get the bear spray on the bear, and the bear left. Oh, he did. Okay. And uh, that incident was the first bear-to-human contact in the park since 2018, uh, when two young bears quote pawed at people. <laughs> And Brooks camp, and no one was hurt in that incident. If you were the bear who was sprayed with bear repellent, would that be a cool thing when you got back to the den? You know what I mean? Where you'd be like, uh, somebody like, where were you? I was fucking with humans. Oh, you say that? Oh, you don't believe me? Smell my ass. I got sprayed. Like, is this... Is, is, is this a, a mark of pride, or are you shunned by the other bears because you made too much contact with humans? Not a joke, a real question. All right, Dawson, you bringing it home? I'm Mike Dawson. That's the news. Is Mike August going to come up here and pull these uh, balls out here? We had... Uh, we had uh, Gene and Brian, the connection fell off. We had our ball puller who was supposed to come out here tonight, and uh, he dropped off. Blair, so we're. Uh, Blair, Blair. Blair. Yes. He was the oh, the backup. Oh, you were the backup. Oh, we had a backup ball. Well, then come up. Come up, Blair. You here with the? Yeah, you here with the knife thrower? I mean, the knife maker. That was Blair, 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 Blair. Yeah, Blair. Blair. Come on, Blair. 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 Today, Blair. Blair. Today, Blair. 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 Rolling tape. Yeah, there you go. Step up, step up on, on stage. Thank you. There. Come on over here. Pull those, uh, pull those balls up there. What do you do, Blair? Uh, I own a salon. You, you own a salon. I also offer to cut your hair. Oh, can I? Uh, I gotta do this math. Every single woman I speak to owns a salon. No one works in the salon. You can't all own a salon. Somebody's gotta work there. You gotta employ people. So you own a salon. Yes. All right, what do you specialize in? Uh, more or less women's haircuts. Women's hair? Highlights, haircuts, color. Highlights, haircuts, color. I need my roots done. So you got it. Yeah. <laughs> and my taint. <laughs> I don't do waxing. No, no, I want it bleached. <laughs> what, you think I'm a weirdo? I'm not gonna wax my tame. <laughs> I can't believe what they do out here, man. Alright, Blair, you wanna turn that thing around and whatever comes out? And there you go, one fell out. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, let's read that one. Uh, the Holocaust. Holocaust. <laughs> 
the hell are we going to make the Holocaust funnier? I mean, funny. Shit. The words are so close. They're so, they're so close. Uh, well, I will say this. My grandfather lost family members at the Holocaust, which uh, I don't really care about. I didn't know him or anything. I feign interest when he used to tell me, but I wasn't devastated by it. I'm from North Hollywood, but everyone should know someone or have someone in their family who lost somebody at the Holocaust or during the Holocaust, because then one of the six or eight times a day, people call me a racist or a misogynist or xenophobic or homophobic, um, or uh, I get to go, I, my family has people who lost people who knew people in the Holocaust, and then I get to save face. So I don't know that much about the Holocaust. I think uh, it, seems, it seems pretty ambitious to be, if you're, if you're Hitler and you're like, well, I'd like to take over all of Europe and then the world, but I got a side project. It's exterminating a race of people. Like, I would have made a horrible Nazi because I would have been a super pragmatic Nazi and I would have been saying, you're Fuhrer, or der Fuhrer, der Wienerschnitzel, der Fuhrer, listen. There'll be plenty of time for exterminating Jews. Let's win the fucking war first. Like, let's beat Russia first. Let's beat the U.S. first. We got a lot of fucking irons in the fire here, Fuhrer. We don't want to be building a bunch of fucking concentration camps. We need to be building bombers and Panzer Division tanks and Tiger tanks, and we need to roll over into Leningrad or Stalingrad or wherever the fucking uh, Red Army is like let's just beat everybody I would treat it I would treat Hitler like you know you have your buddies and they have those really shitty ideas and you try to talk them out of it but you but you don't say we're not gonna do it you just go no 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 we'll go we'll go vandalize your ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend's El Camino later. Let's just have a couple of beers and then wait for them to fall asleep. And then at the end of the night, you go, oh, I'm tired. Let's build concentration camps tomorrow. And you go to bed. That's what I would have done. I would have been like, let's just focus on the war. After we win the war, then we'll get to the mass extermination, then we'll get to the genocide, and then we probably wouldn't have won the war, and then my grandfather's family would still be alive. All right, that's all I got for Holocaust. Thank you. Yeah, another one. The Armenian Genocide. Paprikash. Paprikash. Oh, man. I love me. So you guys know what paprikash is? Chicken paprikash? I had goulash at the, at the lodge. I told him I was coming. Don't make me a big old pot of goulash. You guys ever had goulash? Yeah, chicken paprikash. Laszlo Gorog. 
the last surviving member of his family who escaped from Hungary, escaped the ovens, escaped the Holocaust, came to the United States so he could make me chicken paprikash. Chicken paprikash is the greatest dish this side of moose filet. Ugh. You guys don't really like moose, do you? is there to like about moose? You have, you have pigs and cows and chickens and fish. You really need to eat a moose? I had it wrong. Oh, everyone does that. Oh, you didn't make, oh, if you made, if you ate the way, my grandmother could make moose. Oh my God. Oh. Oh, you would have wept openly if you ever would have had Nana's moose. Nana moose? Oh, Nana moose. She was the mooseiest of them all. She made moose paprikash. She'd take her paprika and then a layer of moose and then she'd wrap it in bacon. You guys probably put bacon on your moose. That's a, oh, that's the biggest cop out in the world. That's the biggest fucking... That is such a, that is such a cop-out. That's like, oh, let me put a little peanut butter on my dick so my dog, it's a cop-out. It's a cop-out. No one likes the way your dick tastes naturally. You gotta put bacon on something that's bad. Put bacon on liver. Somebody decided, hey, you know how we could make salads good? I don't know how. Mash up a bunch of bacon and throw it at it. But my great old grandfather, Laszlo Gorak, would make chicken paprikash. And he brought it in. He was such a nut, he'd go to Hungary once a year. He'd buy a pillowcase sack size of paprika and bring it back through the airport. You want to talk about some peasant shit? Just seeing a guy with a sack of paprika walking through LAX in 1973. But that was uh, the great uh, Laszlo Gorog. He wasn't a big fan of mine. Well, he didn't think I was funny, but I will say, uh, I will say this, and, and my family kept it pretty close to the vest. You know, they didn't hand out a lot of that of boys or um, proud of your sons or whatever. And my mom, my dad never said anything. They didn't know what I did for a living. They didn't care. They didn't have cable, so they didn't watch TV or something. But I was, when I was a young boy, I would watch the um, Hollywood, oh God, Hollywood Stars, what's that show? Hollywood Squares, Hollywood Squares. I watched the Hollywood Squares with my grandfather for lunch during the summer. He'd make a sandwich, he'd make me a sandwich. We'd sit there, we watch the Hollywood Squares. His, his favorite show on TV was the Hollywood Squares. And as a boy, I would watch it with him. At some point, when he was like 91 years old, I was asked to be a guest on the Hollywood Squares. I was a square in the Hollywood Squares. And I said to my old dying grandpa, I went, Grandpa, he's like, what? You never got, he didn't know the man show, Love Line, he didn't have cable, he didn't know that shit, but I went, 
Grandpa, guess who's on the Hollywood Squares? And he'd go, who? And i go, me, your grandson is on the Hollywood Squares. And he goes, oh, yeah, well, there you go. Anyway, I was like, at that point, I couldn't wait for him to die. Then I was like, all right, old man, you're on the fucking clock. Sorry, true story, go ahead. What's our next ball? You can use any ball that was in that hopper that is now in front of you, you may use. Geronimo. Geronimo? Geronimo? God, it's a weird, eclectic group out here. Fuck. Can we do like tampons or farts or something? Geronimo. Geronimo was an Indian, right? Native American. He fought General Custer in the Battle of Who the Fuck Cares or something. I don't know what the guy did. He was a super brave warrior. I, I, I don't know. First off, in terms of American Indians, it's, it's, for, it's feast or famine, right? Like this guy, it's either this guy was 3% body fat, he could fire nine arrows in 11 seconds standing on a horse, or he runs a casino, he's diabetic, and he's strung out on pain meds, right? No average Indians, no basic Indians. We don't have Indians where we go like, hey, uh, how about uh, Chet the Indian? Yeah, I know that guy. He's not fat, he's not thin. He's kind of brave, but I don't know. I mean, he's not a pussy, but he doesn't seem that brave. It's just, it's all, it's all, it's all either the guy, you know, fought off a, a mountain lion using a stick and saved the village, or he single-handedly won this war, or, you know, he's, a, he's addicted to gambling and beats his kids and is morbidly obese. I, I just feel like we need some average Indians. Can we get some goddamn average Indians in this place? Woo! Joe Sixpack Indian, skits up, goes to work, Makes a decent living. He's got two and a half kids. Drives a Ford Taurus. Traded in the Cherokee. Yeah. We are funny with Indians. We're like, listen, Indians, 300 years ago, we're like, look, we're going to give you a small box. We're going to decimate your uh, villages. Uh, we're going to rape your women and we're going to enslave all your men. But we're going to name SUVs after you. So there's an upset. We're going to name mountain ranges, lakes, and SUVs after you once we decimate your population. Geronimo is what you yell when you jump out of an airplane, right? That's about all I got. Does anyone know why you yell Geronimo? No? I wish I had a fucking joke for that. I just don't. <laughs> You yell Geronimo when you jump out of an airplane, but there is a joke from a movie. I think it's called, I think it was Casino Royale. Maybe Woody Allen was in it, Peter Sellers was in it. But remember they had, the Alamo. What, that, was it what? It, it, the joke was, remember the Alamo. Was it, no, it wasn't remember the Alamo. The guy They were jumping out of the plane, yep. and everyone was yelling, Geronimo, and all the white guys were jumping and diving, and then an Indian guy went, he yelled, me, and he jumped out of the, 
not even my joke. It's a Mitch Hedberg joke. All right, let's do another one. How about G's V? G's V. This is a Christian crowd. Let's get my, I, got, I got my son over here. All right, hold on. Find a fine one. All right. All right. All right. It says scapula. Scapula. Your scapula is is this thing? Yeah. It's your it's your shoulder blade, yeah. and it's a weird thing because. Um, I was very interested in my scapula from, what do we have, thor thoracic surgeons here tonight? Who the fuck wrote scapula? That's an insane thing to write down. Why would you, how high do you have to be to write scapula on a, on a ping pong ball? That high, I don't think, do you think in the history of humanity, and I'm talking about all of recorded history. And I'm not just talking about American or European history. I'm talking about world history. Asian and Russian, Middle Eastern, and the entire world of history, up until this moment, someone has ever got a Sharpie out and written the word scapula on a ping pong ball. It's not like it happened, oh yeah, it's 1629. Famous Italian explorer Scapulia wrote with a briquette on a. It couldn't happen, right? This has to be the first time that anyone has ever written scapula on a ping pong ball. So here's the whole thing about scapulas. We guys all know what a scapula is now? That's that where you put your arm behind your back and it makes your weird shoulder thing poke out. Um, I. Uh, may have broken my scapula actually when I was playing Pop Warner football now that I think about it. I'll get to that story. But from age about six and a half to age 13, guys are fixated with their scapulas. Do you notice that? Like you're skinny and you take your shirt off and you put your hand by. Did you guys used to do that when you were a kid? Like, look, look, it's poking out. Look, it's poking out. It's like a full seven years of just walking around all skinny with your shirt off, it's going sideways in front of the mirror going, hey, look at my, look at that, look at that, I got a wing, I got a chicken wing on my back. It was a full, that was all of my childhood. It was like, look, look, I got a chicken wing. And then at some point, at age 13 and a half, you spring a pubic hair and you go, oh shit, I got a dick. <laughs> I think I'm gonna change my focus. I'm gonna take that hand that's wrapped around my back and pull it front side. <laughs> All right, let's do one I more. I thought it said spatula first. Oh, did it? Oh, no, shit, no, I got a no, ton of great I shit on spatula. <laughs> spatula. Are you guys scared that the plastic ones are gonna melt? I'm always scared. They tell you it's fine, but I'm scared. I'm like, the pan's so hot, and it's plastic. And go ahead, do it, live a little. Sorry. Cosby? Oh, we already did Cosby. All right, let's do another one. Boy, you guys are a morose group, man. You can't yell them out. All right, well, you just pull. Well, All right, Alaska Overlander. Alaska Overlander. That sounds like the best 
hiking boot or the gayest bar I've ever heard of in my life. I got the new Alaskan Overlander. Overlander, so it's got a steel shank, it's oil resistant, it's got a steel toe, it's got a waffle stomper on the bottom of it. Or I'll meet you in the bathroom of the Alaskan Overlander. Do the foot tap under the stall so you know I'm a power bottom. What is the Overlander? I don't know. Oh, you don't know? What is the Alaskan Overlander? Two words, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm corrupting the, the purity of the game here, but I don't know what an overlander is. Oh, we're looking at it? Oh, it's, it's like a tent that people put. On, it's a tent that people put on the roof of their trucks. I, I've see, I see these things all the I see them down on PCH, where I'm from. I see them down in, I see them down in Malibu. First off, are any of these guys married? Like, could you imagine pitching this shit? Hey, baby, we're going out this weekend. Where are we going? The Four Seasons? No, the roof of the fucking truck. What are we doing that? Oh, we're going to sleep on the roof of the truck. Jesus Christ. And by the way, if you're camping places where you got to camp in a tree, like if you're... Uh, here's what I want to say about camping. I'll say the same thing about uh, Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> Which is, if you are going somewhere, and before you go to the place, like before you go to the city in Central America or South America, before you go, someone goes, oh, uh, make sure and pack a fake wallet and a fake cell phone, so when you get held up outside the hotel room, you can just hand them all your fake shit, I'm out. And when it comes to camping, when people start explaining the rules of camping, like, well, you gotta sleep on the roof of your truck, and then you gotta take your cooler and hoist it up to the top of the tree, otherwise you're all gonna be raped by bears tonight. I would go, fuck it. We're going, we're going to the Hi-Ho Hotel. I'm not going. Is this, to, is this to protect yourself from bears? Why can't you sleep? Look, don't camp in places where you could be eaten by bears. That's my fucking rule. There are plenty of places that don't have bears you can go to. You can come out here tonight. You could go to an amusement park where they have happy animatronic bears who play the cider chug. You don't need this. Yeah, so has anyone camped on the roof of their... Let me tell you what the... The roof of your car... All right. The roof... When you're getting up on the roof of your vehicle, it's either the best day of your life or the worst day of your life. You're either sitting on the infield at Talladega, drunk as shit on a folding chair, or there's a fucking tsunami and you're yelling your kid's name as debris floats by. No one ever says, what did you do today? I stood on the roof of my car. How was it? That was okay. Average. An average day. 
No, it's either you are drunk and you're wearing your Dale Earnhardt hoodie and you're sitting on the fucking infield or there's a tsunami and you're seeing bodies just float, bodies from the resort just floating, floating by as you stand on the roof of your Alaskan roof whacker. All right, let's do one more. Do you, do you know what a PFD is? A what? A PFD. A PFD. So as Alaskans, we get a permanent fine dividend. Oh, you do? Yeah. What do you guys get that for? For living here. Period. You get paid to live here? Yeah. It's funny, because when you go, if you're from where I'm from, you, you drive through a place like Anchorage, and then we all just go, it's not bad. I could live here. It's kind of like uh, Vancouver. It's kind of like Seattle. It's kind of like Portland. It's kind of like we name like five cities we're familiar with. And then we all announce it's not bad. But then if you think about it, we could all just fucking live in those cities too, right? It's not like couldn't live there. So they pay you to live here. It changes every year, but it's been as high as like almost two grand. 2,000 bucks a year to, to live here. Yeah, so, oh, so you guys are like the uh, fine people of Green Bay who all own the Packers <laughs> or something. Is that what's going on? So, let's see. You could average as high as 2000 bucks a year, right? So that means you could make about $2.20 a day for living here. Or uh, no, uh, no, like three. Sorry, we got three sixty-five. Yeah, you can make like five seventy-five a day for living in Alaska. Is that right? Is that math work out? To three sixty-five, three times. All right, no one gives a fuck. But the point. <laughs> you know, you make okay. You make like four seventy-five a day for living here. We also pay no state taxes. And you pay no state taxes. So that means everyone here collectively has made a couple hundred bucks for living here. But you guys understand, like, it's your life. You're not house-sitting a cat, right? You're like, well, I'm gonna watch Tammy's cats. They'll give me $4 a day. House stinks, it's got a rat problem, but I get the $4. Now that's gotta be free money for you guys, right? Like yeah. that shit's gotta go right up your noses. <laughs> that's right. That's not going toward a kid's college fund or dental work. That shit is going right into a slot machine or up your nose or on a hooker. Or eating sushi off a naked Japanese chick or something. That's fucking house money. That's free money, right? Let me tell you what the equivalent of that money is. When I was, uh, had my first apartment, we had a centipede game in our kitchen. Remember centipede? Right. And um, we had a lot of jerk-offs who'd hang around our apartments like when I was like 21. And we charged them full freight for the centipede game. You put a quarter in, you'd get like three games out of it. And all our friends would hang out. Once a month, we'd pull the change bucket out and there'd be like $44 and quarters in that thing. Now, we owed rent money. I didn't have insurance on my truck. I didn't have a dental plan. But there's no fucking way the centipede money was going toward any of that shit. We bought weed. 
we went to the fucking mall and ironically played more video games. <laughs> and bought like a block of fudge and ate it in the park sitting Indian style. Can you say sitting Indian style anymore? Geronimo. Sitting Geronimo style. All right, let's do one. Let's do one more. Do you get when you get paid to live here? Do you get paid at the end of the year? Do you get paid every month? November. October. You get paid. October. October doesn't. What's the, what's your coldest month here? February. February. That's when they should pay you. <laughs> October, you're going, hey, you're not too bad. Fucking February, you're like, we gotta blow this frozen fucking taco stand. Then you get your $1,121 in the mail and you go, fuck it, one more year. All right, let's, uh, let's bring it home. Wait, what's your name again? I didn't get it. Claire. Claire, sorry, Claire was a, a, a special guest tonight. Put your hands together for Claire, everybody. Thank you, Claire. Yes, you can go out the way you came in. Crying. <laughs> Stupid infant joke. All right, so until next time, it's time for Claire and Chris and uh, Mike and uh, Joey. And, well, say it. Mahalo. Thanks, Follow the Adam Carolla Show on Twitter at Adam Carolla Show. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Carolla. Catch Gina Grad on the podcast, Easy Listening. Bob Bryan on the podcast, The Film Vault. And me, Kalen, Matt, Gary, and Chris on The Water Cooler. Leave us a voicemail at 888-634-1744. And pick up tickets to see the Ace Man, books, movies, and more at adamcarolla.com. Savings starts with Xfinity. Get a great price on Xfinity Internet. Plus, ask how to get an eligible 5G phone on us. And for a limited time, $300 back when you add Xfinity Mobile. Go to Xfinity.com slash start saving. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply.